Since being bought over by Elon Musk, Twitter's reputation as the out-and-out -out number one microblogging platform has been treading shaky ground. Bugs, instability, a paid verification system and viewing limits have pushed some users away, with Musk himself admitting that the social media has lost 50% of its ad revenue. And then the microblog alternatives arrived. Mastodon, Koo from India, Blue Sky, and on July 5th, Threads. Released by Meta, the same company behind Facebook and Instagram, Threads exploded to 100 million users in its first five days and is already the second most downloaded app in Brazil. But data protection experts warned that in the rush to sign up, users may have hastily given their consent to hand over a wealth of private data to Meta and there's a suggestion that it could be against Brazilian law. My name's Ewan Marshall, Deputy Editor of the Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. If you like Explaining Brazil, you should subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We're an independent organisation funded by our subscribers, and you can help us stay independent and continue to produce award-winning journalism. And if you're already a subscriber, you can go the extra mile and join our Buy Me A Coffee fan page. And in return, you'll get exclusive perks like special newsletters and behind-the-scenes content, as well as a shout-out here in our podcast. And today, I'd like to thank our Buy Me A Coffee members. Tom Nolan, Marta Martins, Pan Ludwig, Leslie Seal, Caroline Hubert, Mark Hillary, John Thomas III, Louise Renz, Erwan Menais, Orlando Black, Steve Knapp, Aaron Berger, James Coney, Kars Vrieswick, Alistair Townsend, Peter Abramson, Jim Awofadeju, Michael Fryer, Miller Renacido, David Dixon, Jose Ozi Stankovic, Emerging Market Muser, Yarden Iftach, Tonika Thompson, Anderson Da Silva, Kat Kramer, Peter Suffering, Anna Lund, and someone who wishes to remain anonymous. And our Buy Me A Coffee members come from all over the world, so please, if we're butchering the pronunciation of your name, do send us an email. And if you too believe in the importance of independent journalism, and if you want to hear your name on our podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com slash brazilianreport and subscribe to one of the membership levels. Click on buymeacoffee.com slash brazilianreport to learn more. In 2018, Brazil approved its General Data Protection Law, or LGPD for short. Based on the GDPR in the European Union, experts saw the law as an important advance in data protection, establishing that Brazilian citizens own their data and companies and the government are responsible for handling it and keeping it safe. The law came into full force in mid-September 2020, but only this month did the Data Protection Authority set up to enforce the LGPD actually issue its first fine to a company for failing to comply with the rules. And today, to talk all about data protection rules and thread situation in Brazil, we've invited back Marcela Machioso, a lawyer specialising in data protection and competition and a partner at VMCA Advogados. Marcela, great to have you back. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Marcela, you're an expert on Brazil's LGPD. Before we get into the threads issue, explain to our listeners, if you will, in which circumstances companies are allowed to collect private data from users. 
Okay, so Brazil, the LGPD is in very in many ways, and in this particularly similar to the GDPR. So what we have is what we call legal basis. Um, and according to those legal bases, if you have one of those legal bases in place, then you can process data, right? So um, the legal bases that we have are roughly 10. Um, consent, which is usually regarded as like the only legal basis, is not the only legal basis. We have nine other legal bases, um, including um, sim some that are very similar to the European Union as well, such as legitimate interest, um, the execution of a contract, um, and other regulatory, for instance, um, requirements, legal requirements for which um, a, a data a, a data holder has to process certain information. So these are the the ten legal bases that are put forward in Article Seven of the LGPD. So basically, that is the rule. If you have a valid legal basis, then you can process data. And just to clarify again. Consent is not the only um, way to do that. You have other options as well. Right. So when Threads drops, people in Brazil and all over the world rush to download it, accepting the terms and conditions without really thinking. And what? Was that all in line with Brazil's data protection laws? And, you know, how does this compare to other social media? Yeah, I think this is a, like a, an issue that is broader to, to any process of like downloading an app that you want to use quickly um, and, you know, a whole discussion that is not happening just today it has been ongoing for some years about like how much are users aware of what is in like terms of use and privacy policies, how much can they they actually understand? And also how can we as and when I say we here, I refer to like the legal profession um, and, you know, companies that are drafting those terms of uses and those privacy policies help users become actually aware of what's going on, right? And that's where a lot of the discussion on, for example, using more friendly um, design and UX in order to present privacy policies, that's, that's where this comes from, right? So users are not presented necessarily with just like legal lingo in which they have to navigate that wording, which can be um, complicated for a variety of reasons, also because issues of data protection tend to be complicated, uh, but how can they actually understand what is going on? And I don't, I don't think that's particular to threads. I also believe that um, to some extent, the privacy policies of companies in general have become better reading material <laughs> over time. Um, and that has a lot to do with the GDPR and LGPD and other legislations of the kind coming into force. So, but, but it is still an issue, right? So how much do people actually read it and what can we do also as enforcers, right? So if you, if you look at it from the perspective of an enforcer, um, what do you require then, right? If, uh, how can you make sure that the user is fully aware of what is going on? That's a very complicated issue, I think. And it applies not only here, but to basically like any online experience in which the user is faced with terms of use or privacy policies. And basically what the user wants is just to use the product and not to have to read and go through that, right? Um, and that happens to everyone. It happens to me, like I'm a lawyer 
And sometimes I just like skip through it. And I, I know it's complicated. I know there are issues there that I'll have to like get back to eventually even. Um, but, you know, sometimes I just want to use the product. Specifically talking about threads, uh, in the Brazilian press, we've heard complaints that the app violates the LGPD by not explaining the need and purpose of the information collected and by not allowing the use of the application if the user does not agree to consent to hand over this data. Are those criticisms justified? Yeah, I think from from what I, I got from the media as well and, and some of the discussion that has been going on, perhaps part of that discussion has a lot to do with not necessarily um, the privacy policy for threats, but also um, from how Apple in the iOS system presents its information regarding what the apps collect in terms of data. So, and, and these are two completely separate things, right? So Apple has this process, which it implemented in with the specific goal of providing users with more clarity and transparency regarding what apps do, in which it kind of like classifies the apps and the categories of data that these apps are collecting. But that is a classification that Apple does, and it's not necessarily what is in the privacy policy of the apps. So from what I was able to see, a lot of the discussion, for example, regarding health data, uh, being used being used by threads came more from that being said in Apple's um, user interface than from that actually being in threads privacy policy. So um, I mean, I naturally, as I said, like these issues are complicated and it will probably get need to be revised carefully. But I, I think that might be um, one of the areas where some of the noise is coming from. Um, and naturally, also, the fact that it's, it, it's a new app, um, people don't really, you know, don't really know what it does. <laughs> I mean, it, it's supposed to be something that is more connected to, whereas Instagram is more connected to images and videos, etc. Threads is supposed to be um, more of a text interface which is why they're complementary in a way. Um, so I think maybe some of the some of the issue comes from there. Um, another part of the issue potentially comes from the fact that usually companies, and again, that's not specific to Threads or to Meta, but um, companies don't, I, I mentioned the legal basis before, right? So when companies draft their privacy policies, they don't necessarily say to the user and that is not a requirement under the LGPD, it's good to say, which legal basis they're using to process each specific kind of data. That is something that they will for sure disclose if an authority, if, for example, the Brazilian DPA asks them about it. It's obviously an obligation, but it, it is usually not disclosed to the user. And there, there's a couple of reasons to do that. One is obviously like you don't want to necessarily give that away, right? But also to some extent, for a regular user, how, you know, clarifying will you will it be for you to say, oh, by the way, I'm using the legitimate interest to carry out this assessment and process this data, right? So, I mean, again, if it, it, it comes down to the balance, right? If you, if what you want to do is make the user aware of what's going on, does it make a lot of sense to use like legal lingo 
to talk about legal basis. So it, it's a difficult balance. So um, I think also a, a part of a part of the issue might come from there, right? So we don't really know, and it's normal that we don't know because it's not something that companies usually disclose. Right? What are the legal bases that are being used for the processing of all of the data that the the new app will collect? So, um, and, and I, I think it's normal that you know once um, authorities get into this, or you know it, the app becomes more settled, let's say, then we have more clarity on on what exactly is going on from from the legal perspective. I remember that on the first night of Threads being launched, there was some concern about the fact that to delete your Threads account, you would have to also delete your Instagram account, and that that wasn't made clear to people on sign up. And a lot of people were complaining in Brazil that this was what you call here a venda casada or tied selling, which is illegal in Brazil. Is that kind of tethering above board? Do you think that Brazil's data protection authorities might take issue with that? Yeah, I think that's an interesting issue because there is nothing in the LGPD that talks about tied selling um, of anything, right? So probably even if the data protection authority thought that this was a problem, it would not necessarily be something that the data protection authority itself would address. It might be something that um, the consumer agencies would address if looking on the consumer side or um, the competition authority could also address though tied selling for antitrust in Brazil has completely different standards than for consumer law in much higher standards as well. So um, I think that the first issue that's good to clarify is that even if we wanted to discuss this, like from a legal perspective, it probably would not get discussed within the DPA. It would likely be placed elsewhere. Um, and then again, I think some other aspects um, have to be um, assessed in order for us to say that indeed this is happening. Because one of the promises of threads is that it will be, and it's not currently, but you know, what Meta says is that it will be soon compatible with what they call the Fediverse, right? And what's the Fediverse? It's it's where like Mastodon is, it is placed, right? It's a network that will allow for interoperability of apps. So if that's true and you can take your account and, you know, move it around several different, different apps, then maybe th this whole argument about, about tying it to Instagram is not so strong anymore. But obviously, it, it hasn't yet happened, and we don't know exactly how that's going to happen. We don't even know that much about the Fediverse itself, right? Um, but again, if it, if it does happen, and if the Fediverse does become something, that could be tremendously, like, it could be great for users, right? You can move around several different apps you don't have to have an account on every different app in order to be able to talk to people. So I have a Threads account, you have a Mastodon account, and we can talk to each other. I don't have to also have a Mastodon account and vice versa. So I, I think that, you know, it, it remains to be seen. Um, maybe there's something there, but I, I think, you know, there's not enough information still for us to say, like, for sure, this is an issue. And Marcella, today is July the 18th when we're recording this. Threads still isn't available in the European Union, right? And there has been a suggestion that that might be because of the GDPR and its strict privacy rules. Do you think that's the case? And, you know, why wasn't there the same care with Brazil, do you think? Yeah, so 
honestly, I don't think that the reason is the GDPR. And why don't I think that? Because the UK today has regulation that is identical to the GDPR, right? The UK did not change yet anyways, like Brexit happened and a bunch of stuff changed, but like the data protection legislation is identical to the GDPR and it was launched in the UK. I know that because I was in the UK actually when it launched and everyone that was European was like, oh, it didn't launch in, I don't know, like Spain or Germany, and but it launched here. I can access it here. Um, and, you know, the same for Brazil. So my, my personal view is that this is more likely linked to the new regulation that the EU is implementing, such as the DSA, the DMA, than the GDPR itself. Like for for reasons of it, it being launched in the UK, it kind of like has to be compliant with the GDPR, at least obviously like in the company's view, right? It, it's not to say that it can be questioned, but... I think it, it's more likely, and I mean, we're right in the middle of discussing who exactly is subject to the DMA, who exactly is subject to the DSA. Um, Meta has already, like, said, you know, and you know, provided the European the European um, Union with information on that regard. So my view is that it's probably more um, having to do with that regulation that is new, that they don't know exactly what the the commission is going to require then to the GDPR itself. And we, and we don't have a DMA or DSA in Brazil, at least not yet. Um, I mean, there's discussions about regulations, but we don't have anything similar to what the EU has already in, in place. Yeah. And if Brazil's Data Protection Authority finds that Threads does violate the LGPD, what kind of consequences could Meta face? Yeah, I think that's a very good question also, because the process of, you know, investigating and penalizing companies, you know, f- has just started. The Brazilian DPA has issued it for its first ever fine, like not even a month ago. So what we do know is how the process is going to work and what are the potential penalties, which include like pretty much anything that goes from like pecuniary fines to um, like obligations to either do or refrain from doing things. For for instance, like refrain from combining data, refrain from using databases. And they go to the very like limit of prohibiting the company from processing data in Brazil, right? So, I mean, the scope is complete, it's very wide. Um, and we don't know, again, because we don't have a lot of previous case law to base our assessment on, exactly where the DPA would land. But what is important to say is that the room for the DPA to do something is huge, right? They can be very, um, you know, strong in their opinions and prohibit companies from doing from doing a whole bunch of things. They can also be, as they have signaled in the past, much more, I don't know if that's a good word, but anyways, careful in their assessment and, you know, provide instead of like going straight to a fine, require the company to change their policies or adapt their their policies and their data protection um, and data processing practices before going straight to, to a fine, right? Um, and they have signaled that their intention is to always do that 
and try to go for like compliance instead of just finding companies. But obviously, I mean, again, it's very early stages. Um, I, I think for sure the DPA, like it, they will find companies if they feel like that's the way to go. They have just find a company for, for that precise reason, right? So I think that's absolutely a possibility. And Marcella, the last time you were on the podcast, which was episode 243, if anyone wants to go back and check that out, we were talking about the fake news bill that's being discussed in Congress. Just if you could just remind our listeners briefly what that is and how that's moving along and whether it has anything to do with this discussion, as in, you know, whether it has provisions about how platforms gather and treat people's data. Yeah, okay, so trying to very quickly go over the fake news bill, which is not easy. <laughs> Maybe it's better if they do go back and listen to that episode then. Yeah, exactly. So go back to that if you want more detail. But like, basically what the, the fake news bill, again, trying to like compare it broadly to the EU, just so that people have a reference, is the closest thing that we would have in Brazil to the DSA. So it's focused more on content um, and content moderation but not specific to like an individual post or an individual um, user. It's focused on like the risk assessment and the responsibilities that platforms would have for content more broadly, right? Um, And there have been, that's important to say, versions of the fake news bill in which, for instance, data combination would be prohibited in Brazilian law, which would like quite specifically deal with the discussion that we have with threads, right? Because you're combining data that you have on yet another um, like app, another social network, if you want to call it, um, within the meta ecosystem, right? So that could be an issue. Currently, though, the, the, the fake news bill, the version that we have in Congress right now, um, does not have that provision. It, it generally deals with processing data in the sense that you're dealing with Um, to some extent, moderation of content more broadly, right? So yes, it would apply probably to to threads, especially because the way in which the fake news bill applies in Brazil is basically through number of users, right? So um, and active users, et cetera, again, kind of similar to the DSA. Um, And then if the numbers are reached, it immediately applies to you. So it could absolutely apply to threads as well. And even more so, like if we adopt the argument that actually threads is sort of like part of Instagram, then you would have to consider users combined, right? Because the users are the same users. So it probably would apply to to threads as well. Um, But there are no specific, I mean, there is no specific today, at least in the current version of the bill, as I said, prohibitions of data combination, for instance. So, you know, Meta could do that um, in Brazil, according to the current version of the fake news bill, which, you know, who knows if this is the bill that will pass. Um, it's it's very much an open, an open issue in Brazil at this point. Yeah. Marcela, thanks a lot for joining us today, and I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. It will be a pleasure. Thanks for having me. We reached out to Meta over the alleged data protection violations involving threads and their press office sent us a thread posted by Rob Sherman, Meta's VP and Deputy Chief Privacy Officer. He said that the app's privacy labels are similar to the rest of Meta's apps, including Instagram, adding, quote, that our social apps receive whatever info you share in the app, end quote. 
Regarding the app's absence in the EU, Sherman says that the app does meet GDPR requirements, but building it against the backdrop of other regulatory requirements that have not yet been clarified would potentially take a lot longer, and the company prioritised offering this new product to as many people as possible. If you like Explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It only takes a second and it will help us reach a wider audience. Or, better yet, subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We have a subscription-based business model and your memberships fuel our journalism and keep us going and growing. And thanks to our subscribers, we've been able to cover Brazil and Latin America extensively and our work has won and been shortlisted for several international journalism awards. More recently, our newsletters won the best newsletter prize in the Americas from the World Association of Newspapers and News Publishers for a small or local newsroom. And in order to keep doing that work, we need your support. So go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. I'm Ewan Marshall. Thanks for listening. And Explaining Brazil will be back next week.